Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. I want you to read this with me, actually. And I want you to read it aloud. And notice I didn't say a soft. Romans 12.10 says this, Honor one another above yourselves. I, that was a little soft. Okay, let's do it again. Honor one another above yourself. The key of this is it answers who and how. It's everybody. Like, should I honor them? I, yeah, yes. Honor everyone. How? Above myself. Well, if I stick to that principle right there, I'm going to do really well. And I'm going to break this down to show you how well you're going to do. Because Jesus addresses this back in his day. He struggled with this. He had just performed many miracles. He had just, he just, he just changed the way that people began to see and respond to God. And all of a sudden, and, and the Pharisees are seeing this, the followers are seeing this, the non-followers, the, the spectators, everybody's seeing this. And he goes back to his hometown in Nazareth, born in Bethlehem. He's going, he grew up in uh, Grew up in Nazareth. And so he's going back to his hometown. Mark 6 says this, 1 and 4. says, Jesus left that part of the, of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue. And many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get all this wisdom and power to perform such miracles? And then they went and from we like you to they scoffed. So where did he get these guys? It's amazing. Where did he get all this miracle, this power? Who is this guy? It's all of a sudden, the next, the next verse literally says, then they started scoffing. Then they scoffed. And he, oh, he's just a carpenter. Yeah, he, no, he's a son of Mary and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. And his sisters, they just live right here among us. So never mind. Now, now I recognize him. He's nobody. Like they were just honoring this guy and amazed by the power and the wisdom that he had. And he's performing all these miracles. But then they, oh, no, no, oh, no, they're familiar with him. I know who he is. Notice how honor just begins to dwindle down to nothing. Oh, you know, no, that's Christine. Never mind. I thought, I thought that was somebody. I thought that was somebody else walking in the room. I saw the anointing and the glory. And, but then I recognized, oh, it's just, that's just the human side. That's just Christine. But I, I so love to remind people that myself so that they don't put me on a, high, a, a platform, a standard that's, that's way above who I am. I always have to remind them, wait a minute, there's a human side to me. But then there's a moment when God begins to use me and flow through me. Honor, honor, you get more of that when you honor the human side, but realize I'm just human. If you want to look closely, there's plenty to criticize, there's plenty, plenty to cancel, and there's plenty of reason to cut me out. But there's a human side. There's a human side to you. There's a human side to your neighbor. There's a human side to your spouse. There's a human side to anybody that you want to look at, that we want to look at. But there's also something that we get when we look beyond the human side. Come on. And then they scoffed. And then, then they were lowering who he was because of his family origins. And they dishonored him so much they literally became deeply offended. Look at the next line. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. High scale, powerful, almighty. Where did he get this wisdom and then, oh, well, that's just, I know who that is. And you know what? I'm so offended that he even tried to display that. Can you believe it? Like, <laughs> hey, it's not irregular right now. This, is, this has become the norm right here. This, this is it. 
Let's, let's exalt them. Let's find something wrong with them. And then let's be offended by something they, they do or they didn't do and we thought they should have done. I don't mean to hurt anybody's feelings today. I, but I think we're actually looking for a reason to be offended. And let me just say this. If you go looking for something, if you go looking to be offended, guess what you'll find? Offense. Come on, they are with me. And, if, and then because they were offended, and I want to warn you of this very same thing, because of their offense, when we, have, we're, when we, are, when we dishonor something or someone, we lose the ability to receive what is good from that person. Whew. He's not here so I can say it. When, when Pastor Mark does or doesn't do or says something in a certain way that we don't like or he should have done, and we get upset, we lose the ability to receive from Pastor Mark. And God has anointed Pastor Mark as the man to lead this church right here, and probably a lot more, probably a lot more. But we're going to see why some of these things may not be happening. I'm not stepping on any toes. Even, they even lost the ability to receive what was good from Jesus. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his hometown and among his relatives and his own family. In other words, there are some places you go and you get honor. But then there are some places that you go when you go to your church or you go to your home, your hometown. You're so familiar. Ah, that's, I'm just familiar with you. You're no longer spectacular to me. You're no longer impressive. I've become too familiar with you. And so we become blinded by the familiarity to, to, and that we lack honor to, to give towards that individual. Therefore, we don't receive. And then we wonder what's wrong with the individual. And the reality is nothing. We just lost our ability to receive because we become too familiar with their, na their, their nature, their humanity. And so here's two words that Jesus uses in this statement, in this phrase. And one is without honor. I'm going to give you the original language on these. Without honor is atomos. It means to dishonor, to treat as common or ordinary. This is what they were doing. And the other is this, is honor. It's tima, kind of like kima, but it's tima. It looks like time, but it's actually tima in the original language. And it says to value, respect, or highly esteem, to treat as precious, weighty, or valuable. Honor. Honor, let me give you, give it, lay it down to you. Honor is to value, to see its worth, to add weight. So whenever I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to know how do I display and give away honor, I add value to it. John's saying something to me, and, and, and it, I could easily say, you know what, that's just John. I don't want to hear anything he has to say. But I, or I could say, I wonder what God is speaking through John right now. I wonder what God has to say and how he's going to use Steve right now in my life. I wonder how if I honor Bobby Joe what he has to say beyond what I think about Bobby Joe. I wonder if God could work through Bobby Joe and give me a word that I need. Honor does some things. Honor does some things in our hearts. It does some things in the other people's heart. And, and then this is right here. So the world, this world is stripping. So we've become so comfortable with stripping people down. And, and what has happened is... Not this church, not the church, of course, right? We, we're, we're robbing people of dignity and value. But what, what we need to be, what the church, what the world is looking for, for a place to call safe, to call home, is what, which the, what the church should be, is we, a people who are adding dignity and adding value and adding worth to people. And guess what? Even when they don't deserve it. 
So dishonor means to take lightly. Dishonor means to take lightly. And, and so let me give it to you short. Honor elevates and dishonor decimates. And we become so comfortable with dishonor, with decimating and desiring and looking for the next person to decimate. But we should be the one who honors and adds value. We should be the ones that are elevating people. We should be the ones who are, you know what? I don't fully understand what they're doing, but if God's put them in that place, then I need to honor them so that he can add value, I can add value, and maybe some things can shift because we're a people of faith, and though it doesn't look like it should in the natural to us, if we add value to this individual or these individuals, maybe God can do some work in our hearts and then work in the scenario and situation, and because he, his voice can change rivers and, 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 and the, the hearts of kings are in his hands, maybe if we do our part, then God can, will do his part. I know it to decimate, though. And for the last year, God has been making me he's, this ability to see giftings and callings on people's lives. And then beginning the ability to just see, oh, man, you don't know this, but, but your giftings and, and your nat- natural talents make you perfectly prepared for a role, this role, for, for pastoring, for children's pastor, for worship, whatever it is that God is highlighting, not to everybody, but when he does it, I key into it and I can speak that thing out. What the, what the, the problem is, and I get it, get it often, is because people don't see themselves that way, they struggle with it. They think, oh, you, the, sometimes re, the beginning response is, oh, I'm, I feel like you're, you're manipulating me try, to try to get me in there, Right? And what I, what I realize is, as I begin to pastor them through that, and then they begin to see it, begin to help connect dots, all I'm doing is moving boundaries out of their ways and helping them with waypoints that, are, that God's already set in their lives. What I realize is people are afraid because of the culture we live in. People are afraid to get into a place of position because they know that people are just waiting to tear them down. And the effects of what we're falling into as church, as the church, is causing leadership in the church to not even step up because they're afraid they may get torn down. Whoa, what are we doing to God's body? But I think it's so shocking because of the culture that we live in. I'm going to give you two biblical truths, and then I'm going to give you uh, uh, one challenge. And, and the one first truth is this, honoring begins with God's claim on them. Honoring begins with God's claim on them, even when they're doing dishonoring things. What we tend to do is see the person as they are rather than as the person who created them, and that's God. Created them to be. He's designed them to be this. Let me say it this way. Instead of seeing them in their dignity, we're watching them in their depravity. So I'm seeing them as this because they're doing this. But God's saying, no, I see you as this because I've created you to be this. We're so focused on, on, on the depravity, but God is saying, God, is, God sees, has this ability to see both at the same time. He, like, I see what you did, but I see who you are. And I'm not judging you by what you, what you did or what you're doing. I'm actually judging you, and I'm calling you out based on who I've created you to be. 
And at some point, we've got to get the mind of Christ. Come on. We've got to get the mind of Christ so that we can begin to see people in their depravity, but we can see them in their dignity. We can begin to add value to the dignity of who God's created them to be because he, it's him who created them. So it's my responsibility as a Christ follower to see them as he sees them. Therefore, I need to put on the mind of Christ because Scripture tells me to. That's, that's my obedient step in Christ. And so while they're in their sin, while they're struggling in their, their stuff, while they're sitting in their negativity, in their depression, I need to be able to see and speak exactly what God the Father speaks and sees over them. I need to honor what God has created. Let me say, let me say Romans 8.30 says this, And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. And there's an, let me just say this, and I don't where you stand, but I'm, there's an absolute wrong theology that says, for cookies on the bottom shelf version, God wrote a, a, a play, a script, and he left some people out of it on purpose. No. It is, it is not his will that none should perish, but all should come to know Jesus Christ. And so we have to accept that part. And, but there's an absolute, I'm mean, sorry, the, the predestination means he has a predestiny for you. Like he has favored, he has blessed, and he has a fulfilled life already set out for you. There's a destiny that he has preset for you, and he's just hoping, and he's calling out, and he's hoping that, that there's enough honor in the house that you will be able, begin to hear from heaven, you'll begin to find what he's asking, what he's created you for, and then you'll begin to walk in that. Because, so if, before I, I had a healthy marriage, I saw a healthy marriage. We had a rough first year of marriage 10 years ago. But I'm glad I quit. I didn't see it as that. I quit seeing it as that. I was seeing it as that. But then I began to see a healthy marriage. Then we had a healthy marriage. Before I saw a life-giving church, I, before we planted a life-giving church, we saw a life-giving church. Before, before I see people walk in their callings and their purposes and their giftings in, in leadership in the church, I begin to speak into it. So before they can see it, I can see it. And sometimes before we can see it, let me just say it this way, before we can actually, act, before we can move into the next season of this church, we got to lay down this one and begin to see the next season of this church. And I'm telling you, Allie and I were looking at your social media, your church is way bigger than you can see right now. So do not be, do not, do not, do not be discouraged about, or despise small beginnings. The church I was, the life fellowship I was in that was in a place like this and we had to transition because of grace was running out, it's around, it's 1,200 strong right now. We went from, we went from 100 building then to 250 right now. I'm telling you, we have to let things die so that things can come to life, but we have to begin to see it beyond our own comforts and begin to honor what God is doing while honoring what God wants to do as well. So God has a predestined everyone, and even though not everyone is living out his destination for them, he sees you as glorified, he sees you as called, he sees you as justified. He sees you as these things already, even though we're not yet walking in those things. Putting on the mind of Christ. And whatever you do or do, whatever you did or you do or you don't do or you should have done, the depravity that which you're, you're thinking, the script that you have in your mind that you've already set for yourself, that's not the script that God has written out, nor does he see over you. And it doesn't, it doesn't have a timeline on it. Your gifts and callings that are irrevocable don't have a timeline. You didn't miss your time. You didn't miss your season. It's now. 
I just have to honor what God has done inside of me and is doing inside of me and has planted and built me for and created me for so that I can begin to walk in that thing. And so I, I want to encourage you, even as parents, when you see, if you see, like, you're, you're in seasons of, man, my, my kids are getting older and they're not, they're not living the way that I think they should. But what if instead of telling what they're not doing and what they should be doing, just begin to honor and speak life over where they're going? Now, they can't see it. But as parents, God has given you vision, things in your heart. Whenever before, we have, you saw our two kids, one's six, one's three. Whenever, whenever we were pregnant with the first one, six, uh, Naomi, we just began to pray that she would be a worship leader, that she would be very, very personable, very outgoing, charismatic, and, and that one day she would get filled with the Spirit. And I'm telling you, that girl loves to sing. She loves to sing. The second one, the little boy that... Uh, that we have, Nathan, we prayed over him that he would be a communicator for the gospel, for the kingdom of God, and that God would use him with the, with the gift of communication. This boy can talk. <laughs> he woke up this morning going 100 miles an hour. Good morning, everybody. Good to see you. Daddy, I love you. I love you so much. Like, this is how this boy starts the day every day, communicating nonstop. Because it was in my heart. It was in our hearts. And we began to pray these things over our children. And I'm telling you, it's not too late. If I could, if I could even go into my testimony of what I went through for 10 years of, of my own doing. And now, it, now, you, now we get to see what I... Man, do not stop. Do not stop declaring and praying and honoring what God is already seeing over your children. And let there be a lens that may be blind to the fact of what they're doing right now that you, that, so you see them as their, their, their dignity, as their honor, as God has created them. You're seeing all this stuff, but you're looking beyond it as to seeing what God has already declared over them. And a little Nathan, the other day, uh, last week, he, he used the bathroom in the bed. He did it. He's three years old. It happens. And so <laughs> I don't, I can, I don't clean the sheets. My, my wife does, Allie. And so he comes to bed. I, I clean him up and I get him some new whitey tidies on. And, and uh, he goes to bed and, and she's like, hey, Nathan, again, I told you not, I, thought, I told you to go to the bathroom before. He's like, but buddy, just, do we need to put a diaper on your sleep? He goes, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like in the middle of the night, he starts crying. And, and I just want to say this. I think many of us are like that. We're very, we're, very, we're very teachable. We're very humble. We're very sweet at heart. We're very kind. We're very confident like, like he is. But whenever people start to speak things that begin to bring, we feel like bring shame in our hearts, all of a sudden we have a, a negative or a false response overcoming, over strengthening, like a false set of sense of strength to overcome that, to self-protect. And then we get this negative response. We get this negative result. Basically, we start to, when we feel dishonored, we start to dishonor. We start to get so hurt as adults, and we're dealing with so much pain and struggle and, and strife in our own hearts because of these hurts that we've accumulated and we've yet to deal with. There's so much dishonor now in our own hearts. And, and, and Jesus talks about that. I'm going to move down here to a thought, to a thought here. With, when we ascribe honor to someone, they become more honorable. So even when they're not doing what they should be doing, but we begin to ascribe honor to them, all of a sudden 
They elevate to that. I know I did. Like, they begin to see, well, maybe, maybe they don't judge me as I'm judging myself internally. Like, they know. They, they, they know. We know when we're doing wrong. Like, husbands, do you need your wife to tell you you've done something wrong? <laughs> Nobody wants to answer that question. Like, <laughs> all of a sudden, every man got stiff. <laughs> no, we know. Same, right? Like, wives, do you need your husband to tell you you should have done something or something should have been done? No. We know. Like, I had a bad day. It was off. I messed up. I, I know it. So we don't, we don't need that. What we do need, though, is, is what do you, what, what's the good things that you do see in me? What are the, what are the good things that, that you think about me? And here's, here's the key concept, is sometimes as people like myself, you know, I have a strength, this... Uh, in Gallup Strengths Finders, uh, I don't know if y'all have ever done that. You should, and you need to really need to know your pastors. I've, my, my, your pastor and mine are, are very similar, especially the first two strengths, responsibility and futuristic. And so it's, it's shocking how, how we work, and we, we're so unique, but yet we're so similar. And so responsibility is, man, you see things black and white. I mean, that's just the way it is, and, and we've come across, we can come across really rigid, but when we're responsible, then you can tell us, to ask us to do something, and when we say we do it, we're going to do it, let, let me tell you, we can't sleep until that thing is done and done the right way. But that's the balcony on that, but the basement is we expect everybody else to do it done quickly, do it done right now, and do it the right way, right? Like, then that's where we end up in the, in the, in the balcony or the outhouse, maybe. And so so there's, a, there's a negative side to every strength. And so I don't know if you've ever had this conversation in your head, but there's times where I have long conversations in my head all night long, and I don't even get to sleep. I'm, my, my eyes are closed, but I'm having this finally, I'm going to finally have this conversation with this person because I've had enough, and I'm going to address it, and I'm going to tell them how, in my, in our, where I, the cow eats cabbage, how cow eats cabbage. And so you're ruminating over this all night long, and you're finally prepared. You're going to go have this conversation, and you're en route to have this conversation. And all of a sudden, en route, God begins to rewrite the script, and everything comes out in a much more loving and honoring, and, and say, hey, how about we do this way? This? And all of a sudden, things shift. And you're in your head, you're thinking, well, God, that's not what we talked about all night long. And if this is what you were going to do on the way to this conversation, why didn't you just tell me then so I could sleep and so I would be more re well rested for this but it doesn't work that way, right? But when, when the Holy Spirit, the inner working of the Holy Spirit is allowed to do something in our hearts, he can rewrite scripts in our head to bring healing and restoration to any relationship. Isn't that good? That is, I'm thankful for that. So when we ascribe honor to someone, they often become more honorable. Number two truth is this. Honoring benefits me more. Well, you think, well, I'm doing it for them. No, no, no. No, 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 no. No. We, had, we hosted a, a, a conference, a men's conference, last Friday, and there's about seven churches involved. We, we call this uh, a little group of pastors, Love Thy Neighbor. And we specifically call it that because you, if you don't know it, it's hard to get pastors together to work together. Isn't that amazing? But whenever we, we begin to see things differently and begin to take on challenges that are that are against the church in general and, and seeing that unity is important. So we got together and we had this men's conference, we hosted it, and at the very end of it, I got up and I was just beginning, I was speaking and, 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 and uh, introducing every one of the pastors 
And then I just began to speak uh, and honor the things that they meant to me and how they have helped me along the way. And let me tell you, uh, that wasn't me. But it was what I needed to do. Here's why. Because I didn't realize how much division that I was carrying in my own heart against some of these churches or pastors until I was on the other side of honoring and it was no longer there. So there was a lens that I was blinded by because I was lacking honor. But the moment I began to step in and honor them publicly for the things that they do and what they mean, not only to me, but to the body of Christ, God gave me revelation on what honor really was. Sunday, one of the men who came up to me, who was a a a previous pastor in one of those churches, associate pastor, he came up and he said, Nathan... The strongest thing of that whole conference and everything that we did for that three and a half hours was when you got up and you honored every one of those pastors. And I told him, I didn't know how bad I needed to do that. And I'm wondering if there's some things that you can't see right now in your own life and the relationships in your life, some of your kids' life, maybe this church, maybe your business or your occupation that... All I can see is the depravity and and the reason why I shouldn't. But God is calling us to yet live a different way. And the moment I just begin to, by faith, honor the situation, the person, the thing, whatever it is, I might get a fresh revelation of how this thing can be rather than negating it in my heart because of what it's not. Mark 6 says this, and here's the rest of the story. Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own hometown. This is a different version of what we read earlier. Among his relatives and in his own home. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people. So the great almighty Jesus was unable to fulfill its potential. The power of the almighty was unable to fulfill its potential in people's heart. Not because he wouldn't. He said he couldn't. Because of the lack of honor that they had towards him, he couldn't do what he can do. And there's somebody right now that gets come into mind and you're thinking, well, I wonder, maybe this is why they don't do all that they could do because maybe I've been thinking wrong thoughts. Maybe, maybe, I, maybe the honor that I need to put out could actually bring us into the next season even in this church. Maybe the honor that I've been withholding from my marriage could actually take my marriage into that next season of things that I've been frustrated about why it is, why it cycles the way it is, but here's well it could be. Maybe if, I, maybe if I begin to release some honor into my kids' life a little bit more, maybe they'll start to see what I see and I won't have to nag and complain. Maybe. Maybe my boss, my pastor, my friends, just maybe. And I wonder how many prayers go to Jesus and he's saying, oh, how I'd love to honor those prayers and I would love to fulfill that. But because of the the lack of honor you have in your heart towards your wife, towards your friends, towards your church, church, the body, because we're the body of Christ. And we might have internal suggestions of why things are the way they are. They shouldn't be the way they shouldn't be. But, 
and we're wrestling with all these and focusing on all these, but God is saying, man, I've got some prayers to answer for you if you'll just start to honor the things that are in your life. Because he can't. He can't work powerfully in our lives until we begin to get the dishonor out of our lives, out of our hearts, and begin to place honor into the areas in which we're currently dishonoring. Ephesians 6 says this, honor your father. Well, I don't have a good father. It doesn't matter. It's not for your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, not, not, not so that it blesses them. No, but so it goes well with you. Like when I give it away, it's not for them. It's actually for me. Oh, I'm going to benefit from the honor I give, not from what I get. Oh my gosh, this is so counter counter culture. It's so counter thought. Like I feel like if I get it, then I'm I'm benefited. No, if I give it, I'm benefiting from it. God just changes the way we think, and as we get the mind of Christ, He just transforms how we think about the things that are in our lives. I'm gonna move on. The more I value it, here's a a challenge for leading it thought leading into the next challenge. The more I value it the more I get value from it. The the question is, what are you valuing? Because we get so frustrated in one space, maybe it's our profession, maybe it is in our church, maybe it is in our marriage, maybe it is with our kids, we start to go and find value in getting in the ocean, going fishing, watching videos, watching reels. Like we start to value other things because we're frustrated, we're stuck, we're in a cul-de-sac, we're at a dead end, or we feel like we are. And the reality is we put dishonor towards that thing, so we quit working on that thing. And instead, if we would start to put honor towards that thing, we wouldn't have to go value other things that are wrong things that are actually keeping us from the fullness of the calling of God on our lives. Romans 12.10, we did it, we said it earlier. Outdo one another in showing honor. So we honor every person we encounter. We honor the, the waitress that we run into who's struggling with addiction. Well, I'm not going to give her a tip. She'll just go use it on drugs. Who knows? Maybe she's frustrated because she can't make ends meet, and so she's going and finding value somewhere else. How about we honor anyway? The lady that's checking us out at the counter at Walmart or whatever your, 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 your grocery store is. Who knows? The guy who, who calls you, the neighbor who calls you early in the morning and he cusses you out because something happened, some, your dog got in his yard. <laughs> the guy who drives, um, don't let me offend you, there's a lot of diesels in our area. We drive a lot of diesels. I got a, have a diesel truck and a hybrid. But the guy who, who pulls into the, the diesel lane and the fuel lane to fuel up and he's got a Prius and you've got the only, there's only one lane and you're in a diesel truck. Like, that guy frustrates me, but I... <laughs> I want to honor him so much. It's all right, brother. You just take your time. I'm just sitting here on E, rumbling. But it's all good. <laughs> oh, man. I, so I just let me give you a challenge, can I? I'm going to close this thing out. But the challenge is for you. Would you be so willing to give honor to the person you're most struggling with right now? Like today, this week. The person who comes to your mind like, mm, you don't know what they did, Pastor. It's not for them. Would you be willing to accept the challenge to see what God can do in your life 
by humbly giving honor to the most difficult person in your life, like with every, with all the grit and all the, all the energy and all the strength that you have beyond, like you just break through that and find a way to honor the person that you struggle with the most this week. That's my challenge for you. And then watch what God can do in your own life. Watch what God can do behind the scenes. Watch how God begins to open up a story. And let me just tell you this. You wait, you watch and be ready for an opportunity to speak the gospel, the truth, the testimony into this person's life when you start to honor them. And that's the kingdom of God. That's how kingdom people function.